You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! Like we always do about this time. This should be played at high volume. Welcome to the Marketers with Attitudes podcast. This is the place where we teach you how to become the best content marketer you can possibly be. My name is Joshua Barclay, and I'll be your host. If you've ever wondered how to make millions of dollars of revenue online or get millions of YouTube views or break 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, well, my guest today has done exactly that. Miles Beckler has made over 600 YouTube videos in just four years. That comes out to one video every two and a half days. Miles also has over 160,000 subscribers on YouTube, and his videos have been viewed over 8 million times. On today's podcast, Miles is going to teach you how to build a successful marketing strategy from scratch. In this interview, Miles was incredibly honest about what it takes to build a profitable marketing campaign. So sit back, take notes if you have to. It's time to get better, baby. You're listening to the Marketers with Attitudes podcast. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Before we talk about the tools and the tactics and all that stuff, let's talk about the mindset. What do you mean by that? How it's important to find the right mindset? Yeah, and I would go as far as saying like the mindset is more important than just about anything. So I like to look at the the goals, the strategy, and the tactics. They're all nested. So a lot of people focus on tactics only. How do I do this? How do I do that one thing? But if the strategy is wrong, the tactics won't matter. And if your overarching goal, right, and that comes down to the mindset, if that's off, nothing's going to ultimately work. No strategy will get you there. What I mean to kind of flip this around is a lot of times it's what's your why? What is that big burning reason why you're going to overcome the plethora of challenges you're about to face? Because being an entrepreneur is difficult, right? Everyone knows that most businesses fail within five years. Online is no different than offline. It's extremely difficult. And we have this kind of um, fake guru uh, webinar, make it sound easy to sell your $2,000 course thing that is also affecting people's mindset. And so they start to think that the game's easy and I should just be able to click a couple of buttons, passive income. The people who promote passive income, they don't make passive income. They make active income. It's not on their K1 on their tax. It's actually earned income, which means it's by definition, it's active income. And so this kind of like misunderstanding about what a business is, like our job is to give value to people. We need to grow our audience to the tune of thousands, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of people. Um, And that just takes years to get done. It takes sometimes thousands of iterations to get there. And so the mindset, thinks it's easy. And I just got to click four things four times and do these two things on this Instagram and follow this guru and they're my savior and all is good. The strategy doesn't matter. The taxes, nothing matters because the mindset is that that person's going to give up at the first sign of challenge. At the first challenge they hit, the first roadblock that they hit, they're like, ah, this stuff doesn't work. I'm over it. And that's it. And that's where it goes to burning desire. Like, why are you going to show up when it gets tough? Because it's going to get really, really, really tough. And it could be your family. It could be to pay off your parents' house. It needs to be something. I got chills talking about this, by the way, right now. It needs to be something that is just going to help you find another gear. For me personally, the emotion of disgust. I was disgusted with how broke I got. I got disgusted with following the fake gurus, buying into scams, promising my new wife that we were going to be successful. And we had to move back into my parents' uh, house at the age of 30. Tiny little house. I told wifey we were going to make it. And I was like, 
how the F did it get here? And out of that very, very, very low depressed point, I found another gear. And I was like, if I have to do 14 hour, 16 hour days every day, if I say no to everything from this point on in my life, I do not care. I am going to achieve success. And that motivation got me the energy required to persist long enough to find a thousand things that didn't work to find the one thing that did work. And now we're just repeating that one thing over and over and over. It actually started with the mindset, right? Until I fixed that, nothing else worked because it was just jump from scam to scam to scam, scam, scam. And you talk a lot about meditation. And I want to talk about yep. that because in the last several years, I have also started meditating. I started nice. my morning today with meditation. It was one of those things that I laughed at. I used to think it was like a mamby pamby. I'm a Western guy. I believe in real stuff. That Eastern Those Californians. <laughs> I just thought it was, you know, just garbage. Yep. And then when I started to do it, I found an inner peace. I found a, I don't feel rushed. You know, I always feel rushed. I always feel like, go, 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 action. Yeah. And it let me sort of gather my thoughts, think about what I'm trying to do, think about the end goal, sort of reverse engineer what I'm about to do for the day. So talk to me about that transformation that you made where, you know, you say you were broke with your wife living with her parents at 30 years of age. Were you meditating before that? Or was that oh, something yeah. that you two just like, tell me about that journey and, and totally. did that contribute to your success? Totally. And for those who don't know much about my story, uh, my wife and I co-founded a website that's in this kind of space of meditation. So we've taken this to the point of, of sharing it because it was so valuable for us. And in that dark time of my life, the only thing that felt good was meditation. Like I just really did not like life. Tiny house, my parents, my dad was retired. Wanna garble, garble, this is wrong with the world. I'm like, oh my God. So the, the conversation I was having with myself in my head was very toxic. And when I got to the point of meditation, whether I'm out at a park, whether I'm just sitting in the backyard in the sun and I just let go, I felt good for that moment. And it was like, wow, okay, so that feels good. I want to do more of what feels good because I have a little bit more energy when I'm done. Now, today I have a much clearer understanding about the science, about the different brainwave states. Also, I think everyone can relate to this one, which is, uh, so we're working on our computers and uh, I don't know how your tab management is within your web browser, but I got friends who have three browser windows open and each one has 27 tabs running. And all of a sudden you notice your computer is struggling and you're not doing a bunch of different stuff. You just have a lot of open threads. You have a lot of things going on. You're, you're using a lot of processing power. We humans are the same way, especially entrepreneurs, right? I could do this, I could do that, I could do YouTube, I gotta get this ad going, I got that funnel coming up, I got this promotion doing, I need to email my list, blah, 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 it's all going. We have to reboot that system. And to me, that's the ultimate like explanation of what meditation does from like a scientific perspective for entrepreneurs is for, I love it in the middle of the day. I wake up pretty clear, I get focused with a cup of coffee, I, I get the most difficult things done first. Midday, I'm starting to get like a little lethargic, I don't wanna go back to caffeine, uh, I'm kinda like, oh, man, I got all this stuff in my head. Boom, go meditate for a little bit. Sometimes it could be a walking meditation in nature. I could just go walk on a trail for a while. I lay down and put on a YouTube guided audio meditation. And then it's just like rebooting my computer. And the thing about rebooting a computer, like how long do you have to allow your computer to be off to get the benefits of the reboot? It's instantaneous, right? When you click reboot on your system, it goes off. It literally, it's for a moment. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, when I lay down to meditate, my mind runs. Yeah, that's the practice. Like that's, that's how it is. But in this mind runs off, you go, okay, just let it be. It's okay. 
okay, cool. And mine's thinking about, oh, I got bills, I got this. Okay, let it be. Let's, okay. And sometimes it's 30 seconds of like, oh, just bliss. Like, oh God, that felt good. Cool. That was the reboot moment. That was the zero point. You, you touched it and then you bounce off. And as you do it as a practice, you get longer and longer of that and you get a little bit more energy as you come out of it. So it's kind of that, the hack, I think, for entrepreneurs who are, by definition, we have so many ideas. We have so many things we can do. Focus is like the most important thing we figure out. It's a way to kind of like put that little stop set in. There's a guy named Kyle Cease. He does uh, spirituality from transformation and comedy. And he says that, you know, we're all like a puppy and the universe is like the owner of the puppy and the puppy just wants the treat and the puppy's jumping at the treat and the owner of the puppy wants just sit, stay. And the universe is kind of doing that to us, right? And wants us to be calm and be patient. And yes, we have big goals. And yes, there's a lot to do between here and there. But as you mentioned, taking that moment to just be like, everything is okay in the world. I'm good. Family's healthy. Everything's good. Just take a minute to breathe and just be there. And it, it does something. It really, really does. And it's it's on many levels. You can measure it at the brainwave state, going from like a high beta state down into beta and alpha, possibly into theta. And then back, it actually physically changes uh, the biochemistry of the body in a major way. And I just think that reboot analogy, it helps so much to regain another productive session throughout the day. That's one of the best explanations of meditation I think I've heard. Early in your marketing career, you admit that you sort of chased scams, Oh yeah. That you got distracted by kind of flashy things. I was a human distraction. I was literally a human distraction unit moving around in, in the world. And you say you took shortcuts, right? So right now, because of coronavirus, there are a lot of people who are being tasked with starting a marketing plan from scratch, right? Maybe they didn't have to do it before because the foot traffic was good and they're used to their brick and mortar life. And I'm working with a lot of businesses where they're just like, I never had to do digital marketing before. Right. which is crazy, right? It's 2020 right. In, in my it head. I'm easy. like, wait, wait, where, where have you guys been? Yeah. But apparently there are a lot of people in business that are starting a marketing strategy from scratch. So my question to you, Miles, is if you had to start a marketing strategy from scratch, what would be the Miles Beckler way of going about that? Now, obviously yeah. it's going to vary from business to business, but I'm talking totally. about the fundamentals that you yep. think are universally applied to any business. And uh, for the bricks and mortar business, businesses, you just got to throw that caveat of google.com slash business, set up your free Google My Business platform, claim your account, get the verification, just like that'll put you above 50% uh, of your competitors right then and there. But from that point on, in all businesses, it's content. And everyone is turning to pretty much one platform, but one of two platforms or apps as their trusted advisor. And it's Google or it's YouTube, pretty much. They're search engines, right? So when someone has a challenge, someone has a problem, someone has something going on in their world they don't know how to explain, we don't ask our neighbors, we don't call up family members and ask for recommendations. We literally go to Google and Google is the trusted advisor. And what shows up on Google when people search, it's content, it's blog posts, technically speaking, you know, for long tail keyword phrases. So it's getting in the process of creating lots and lots of content. Now I mentioned YouTube because obviously I'm a YouTuber. That's how I got the ideas out of my head. And a lot of people are using YouTube as a search engine. It's the number two search engine in the world, but comparatively speaking, Google is magnitudes greater. Six billion searches a day, two plus trillion searches per year. Whereas YouTube is, is magnitude smaller than that. So how do you create content? And what do you create content on becomes the kind of question. And I think that generally speaking, it's one of three formats. And like, so this is technically a podcast, but it's really a video, right? We're doing a video thing. So you get to play the, the YouTube optimization game with this particular piece of content. If it's just solely a podcast, it has a discoverability challenge, right? Nobody goes to the podcast search engine to search for, you know, how do I change the oil in my car type thing? Um, that's not something you search yet for user behavior. So we literally need to think and be empathetic 
empathetic, that like empathy is an important component here. And it's the walk a mile in your best customer's shoes. And the idea of a customer avatar and who's your best customer and where are they in their life? And so many business owners, this is the, the mindset shift, if you will. Uh, so many business owners are thinking about them. My business has taken a hit from COVID. My business is having, I'm, strugg I'm struggling. I need to get me mine. And when you realize that me getting mine, right? Miles Beckler making more money is a byproduct and a result of Miles Beckler helping more people. Miles Beckler reaching more people and adding more value to the lives of those people I'm reaching. Therefore, the metrics we need to look at is how big is your audience? Is your audience growing each and every day? If you've partnered with Google or YouTube, you can literally watch the blog posts you put up three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, will still be driving you traffic to this very day. So you get a compounding effect. Same is true with the videos. So then it's like, well, what do you create the videos on? Um, at this point, you have a couple of options. Number one is thinking. Now, this is an idea. It's a little abstract for some people. Most people don't go there, but I recommend thinking in life as a really good idea. Um, what I mean by that is literally sit down with one of these. I love these legal pads and just write out every question that you think your people are searching for. Just take a moment to sit there with a pad and a pen and write at the top, like what in the hell are my people looking for? And then write out every possible idea that you have. The other side of that coin is uh, using keyword research. Okay. There are tools that allow us to literally peer within the Google sphere, if you will, and see how many times a month people search different things. So you could take that whole list you brainstormed and you can go into a keyword tool and get very specific data. You could use their free Google trends tool, which is like trends.google.com. And you could at least see comparatively. You're not going to see that this phrase gets 1700 searches per month, but you can see comparatively that people search phrase A more often than they search phrase B. And that's clearly if more people are searching it and it's trending up, that's what people are looking for. And then you ask yourself, are they finding me right now? So you just type in that search phrase on Google. Does your website show up? Do you show up or are your competitors showing up and dominating that landscape? And the game from that point on is, is just content. So with my channel, which now today I'm over the 160,000 subscriber mark in just over four years, uh, it started with zero. And I just started one video, one topic, one idea. It was awkward. It was not a beautiful video. And then I did another one and another one and another one. I did 200 videos in my first year, essentially. I did 120 videos in, an, in four months. And it's that process of publishing out content. Now, all of those videos from 2016 and 2017, not all of them, some of them bring me new visitors into my ecosystem to this very day. And I'm still putting out new videos. I had a new video that I, uh, went up this morning. Uh, each and every week I put out a new video. And, and it's that idea of who is my audience? What are they searching for? Do I show up? No. Does it have search volume? Yes. Okay. Then I need to create a piece of content on that. Uh, and from there, it becomes a little bit of a kind of like SEO is, is a term that people throw around a lot. And it, it's kind of gaining uh, the trust of the search platform, which whether you're you know geeky about SEO or not, it's kind of irrelevant. It's more about showing up with hundreds of new pieces of content over the course of several years. Because Google just doesn't trust new websites because spammers used to spin up a new domain, play tricks and games, try to kind of force their way to the top, the shortcut thing we were talking about. And then all of a sudden Google figures out how to wipe them out of the algorithm, they disappear. But people who've been putting out great content for six years straight have very successful businesses. And that that's that's the game. So then how do you create the, the content? Can you create it? Do you have to create it? Can your assistant create it? Can your assistant create an outline for you that you record? Do you hire a team of writers to actually physically create the content for you because it's fairly well-known content? That gets into structural logistics and, and processes and procedures, which we refine over time. But the game is truly content. So you show up when they're looking for you.
over the last four years, you've created over 600 videos, which comes out to about one video every two and a half days. Yep. So my question years. to you is, how do you manage your time? And what advice can you give my audience on effective time management? That's a great question. And it's important to keep in mind, we were full-time nomads through a big part of that. I probably have lived in 15 countries during that time period, across the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean several times. So it's, it, it is extreme busyness. The commitment is the first thing. And so one of the commitments that I, I needed to make was to commit to show up every single week, no matter what, at some frequency over very long periods of time, because Google and YouTube trust that. So if that's the requirement for long-term success, if you make 70 posts in a month and then you don't show up for three months, Google's going to look at you like, I don't know, something's fishy over here. You're not showing up twice a week, every week, forever. You just try to like, proof, and, and the trust isn't there. So how do I manage my time to fit within this philosophy of how the game works? works, the most important things become non-negotiable and they get done first, period. That's it. There's a lot of things people do that they think are work. It's called the shadow work. Oftentimes posting to Instagram is one of those things. Uh, conversing in, on Twitter with randoms, posting and reading in Facebook groups, none of that, uh, zero, that literally zero from me. Uh, there's another philosophy that I, I have that is an easy one to latch onto. It makes a lot of sense when you hear it. It's create more than you consume. So the listeners to this, I would love for them to self-analyze for a moment how many hours of content have you consumed this week? How much content have you produced this week? So those are like some of my non-negotiables and I do not watch YouTube videos. I listen to a few podcasts when I'm doing other things, uh, yard work, dishes, making coffee, I'll, I'll put on headphones, but that's it. So within this, I freed up a lot of time. People spend so much time consuming content. It's absurd. The average American watches five plus hours per day of television. And then when you add streaming and social on top of it, it's literally upwards of seven or eight hours per day. So everybody has time, they need to reorganize their priorities and what they're working on. And remember, I got so disgusted with the life that I created that I found this fire that just got me to just absolutely persevere. So first thing in the morning, I wake up very early. I don't set an alarm. I just have uh, habituated loving the productivity I have in the mornings. So I wake up, uh, I listen to a little bit of positive mindset stuff like an audiobook while I'm making coffee for about 20 minutes. And then I sit down and what is the most important thing for me to do today? And I think about my audience on three levels. So there's my customers, which are members, they're people who paid me money. Then there's my email list, which is people who have not yet paid me money, but there's a higher likelihood that they will. And then there's my greater audience, the YouTubeosphere and the blogosphere, the people who have not yet enrolled in my email list. And I start at the top, the most important people, and I work my way down. So I have a little membership program. So I go in the membership in the morning, make sure everything's up and up. I answer everyone's questions. Boom, that's done. Let me now focus on emailing my list. And I don't email my list seven days a week, but I do email like four or five times a week on most weeks. And I just, okay, now I have to write uh, an email to my list. And it's, I don't know, 6.30, 7 in the morning. And I'm just like, oh, what am I going to teach them today? And it's like, well, back to the earlier idea of give value to them. What thing do they need to know to move forward? And it might be mindset. It might be tactical. It might be a video. It might be promoting something as an affiliate, whatever it is in that moment. Um, I try to tell stories as well in those. And then when that's done, I'm like, all right, well, what am I creating to grow my audience? And right now I'm doing one video per week for about two and a half, three years. I did three videos per week. And for about four months, I did a video every day. So I have reduced my frequency in videos that I've been creating, partly because I want to enjoy life. I'm at this, I'm at a wonderful point. I'm blessed. I have some very successful businesses. I built a great team around me. After 10 years of 70 to 80 hour weeks, I'm starting to ease off the accelerator a wee bit at this point in time, but I can't not do a video every week because that would a break my momentum and momentum is fickle and very difficult to get back when you miss, even if you miss one, uh, how quick we get back on the horse is key. And two, I can't let YouTube see that I, I go over seven days without publishing. So every Monday morning, non 
non-negotiable. I have a video out. Worst case scenario, I'm going to do a live. And uh, I've been doing my videos on Sundays now. So I just kind of like, and that just kind of happened organically. Like I liked having it done. I didn't like the feeling of doing the video on the day I had to publish it. I felt a little bit of pressure. So now I just do it on Sundays. And um, so that's it. So like, what are the most, who are the most important people? And then how do you kind of touch with them each and every point and then move all of that to the front of the day to where the first thing you do, because we all wake up with a willpower tank and your willpower tank is full when you wake up in the morning. And by the time you hit two in the afternoon, three in the afternoon, your willpower tank is quite depleted. And that's where the meditation can give you a little bit more, you know, a little bit more in there. Exercise is fantastic. Um, hiking in nature, I find to be incredibly recharging, even if it's in a city park, just power up a little bit for another couple of hours of productivity in the afternoon or evening. And that's the game. If somebody doesn't have a membership program, they have customers, then it's like, okay, well, what else am I creating for my customers? Because once I've helped them solve the first problem, that always creates another problem. Meaning if I teach somebody how to do Facebook ads, their next problem is conversions because the ads are just traffic. How do you convert the traffic, right? Funnels and conversions and all those things. So then I would be thinking about and masterminding and working on and brainstorming and outlining and creating that next course that my people want. Add more value to my most important people. And then, okay, well, my email people, well, they haven't bought my course yet. And all right, what do they need to know? What belief do they need to have before they be ready to buy my course? Okay, well, let me start to tell stories in that direction. Let me share case studies in that direction. Let me get testimonial, blah, 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 and, and back and back and back. And when they all link together to where logically the content I'm putting out links to the stories I'm telling in my email, and that links to the first product that I'm selling, and that links to the second product I'm selling, we have a very efficient business machine that can scale from there. As far as COVID-19, I keep mentioning it mostly because I think if you mention it too much, it becomes kind of hokey. But if you don't mention it at all, I think you're playing yourself a little bit because the business landscape has definitely changed. And the one yep. thing I'd like to ask you about is I'm talking to a lot of people who don't have a lot of resources. And I look at a guy like you and you talk about the three, I don't know what you call it. I call it the trifecta of content, right? You say you want to have a podcast, yep. you want to be on YouTube yep. and you want to do some text-based content so you can rank on Google your website, right? Absolutely. But initially, if you're a brand new person into content, that muscle for making content is going to be very slow. It's going to be very sloppy. And I remember when I first started more than 10 years ago, doing one piece of content was like, holy crap, one piece of content. And it wasn't until you got the muscle going that you could just start banging this stuff out. So for those new people who don't have that refined content muscle, do you recommend that they work on one platform and try to build an audience on one platform before they try to go to the podcast and do multiple things? And it's it's more than the audience because uh, that's what everybody wants, right? Like, oh, I'll start on YouTube and then subscribers becomes the vanity metric that they're chasing down. To me, it's about getting through the learning curves. Um, so uh, as someone who I grew up in the Bay Area, about four hours drive to Lake Tahoe, which has some great snowboarding. And I never got very good at snowboarding. I'd go up maybe two weekends per year. And that was it. Uh, when I moved next to a ski resort in Tahoe that literally had a shuttle stop across the street from my house, I, I snowboarded about 120 days that year. I got really, really good at snowboarding that year. Why? Because I just did it so many times over that idea of getting through the learning curve. So regardless of which platform you choose, there's several learning curves. There's how do I communicate this idea, right? Get the stuff out of my head into a coherent piece, whether it's a video or a written blog. And then there's the optimization of it. When you go to YouTube, it's like lighting and 
audio. Like these are all different things that we have to figure out. So it's kind of going through the motion of publishing regularly in one platform will help you get through those learning curves first. And once you're through those learning curves, generally what happens is the video that used to take you seven hours or four hours to complete now takes you an hour or two. And you've now bought back something to the tune of two to five hours right then and there for every piece of content that you put out. Aha. Now you can go deploy those hours towards a new series of learning curves. So for me personally, I did nothing but videos for a year, literally a year, about 200 videos all in. It was painful in, in many senses. It's so difficult to get all of those little bits and pieces and then to stick with it long enough to feel like things are moving and get to the point where you're like, man, okay, I'm, I'm competent. I'm not even good. I'm just competent at this. Like, I feel like I actually kind of know what I'm doing. And if you're in the blog world, it's like WordPress, what? Like, and then after a little while, you're like, oh yeah, WordPress, login, WP admin, new post, boom, boom, boom. It becomes easy. And so it's like making sure that you're not taking on too many learning curves at the exact same time. And that's what breaks people is they're like, okay, I'm going to write a blog post about this and do a video about this and put out a podcast about this. And it's all going to come out on the same day. And then I'm going to do 17 things on social. And Gary Vaynerchuk said, I need to be everywhere. <sighs> Overwhelmed like straight, straight to overwhelm versus like, how do we make this whelm? How do we make this like, like it's tough, but like I can do it and I can get by and I'm getting a little better. And then I watch all my videos. And I'm like, man, I say, um, uh, um, uh, uh, um, all, you know, and we learn the in podcasts. I'm sure when you're editing your podcast, you're like, oh my gosh, I keep saying this crutch word over and we get better. And so now I'm better on video. I have lighting and you know, I have my a set set up at this point. I'm more clear communicator. I think I get things out a little bit more clearly. My, my stories are getting dialed, et cetera, et cetera. Now I can take on the next one. And then I can take on the next one. And if you're making money or if you have a successful business, you can generally speaking, leverage teammates to do some of those other components. So my podcast feed, which is just an MP3 rip off my YouTube videos. I don't touch that. I don't do it. It's my girl in the Philippines. She does a hundred percent of that for me. And she just makes sure my videos go onto my podcast because some people want to listen. They're commuters. They walk the dog. They, they don't sit and watch YouTube. I just want my content to be available for them. Writing is way more difficult. Finding a writer who can get your tone, your voice. It's, it's quite challenging, but um, it's, it's a worthy challenge to go through. But yeah, one of the time. I'm like, man, it's going to take anyone at least three to six months and at least a hundred iterations to gain competence. Like whoever you are, unless you've been doing it professionally for a while, which obviously that's, you got to leg up on people, but um, nothing beats that the iteration cycle. And so Malcolm Gladwell has this uh, 10,000 hours, uh, but 10,000 hours of imperfect practice or 10,000 hours of doing things the wrong way is not going to help you. So I like to think of it as a thousand iterations for me in my business. The first iterations were video. Oh, I got to do that. Oh man, I got my video better. I got to get this better, that better. Then I added on email marketing, opt-in pages, start iterating those emails, start iterating those, putting out blog posts. There's my other iteration. So it's, it's literally a race to a thousand iterations. And um, therefore, like, I don't know, you got two hours a night to work on it. Great. You should probably be able to make an iteration a night, which puts you at about a two and a half year to a thousand iterations. If you got four hours a night and you dedicate all day Saturday to it, you might be able to get five or 10 iterations done each and every week, putting you just a little bit quicker on the path. Yeah. Time and iterations is the non-negotiable. Keanu Reeves starred in the 1990 for action thriller speed. I could call yeah. this the speed round, but I don't nah. want to do that. We're going to call it the Keanu Reeves round. I'm going to say a person, place, thing, or idea. Tell me briefly what comes to mind, okay? Got it. Marketing gurus. There is no savior out there to save you. No one's going to save you. You have to step up and save yourself. Marketing in a post-COVID world. Digital reigns supreme. There's a lot of opportunity if you see where the puck is going, um, even though there's a lot of hardship out there, but um, there's a lot of potential. It's an astounding opportunity 
opportunity from a purely business sense, trying not to be cold and trite to the insane amount of challenges that are out there. Because as a human being, uh, but but as a pure business owner, like the flow of money has changed in in ways that are unlike anything since the the dot com boom. The American dream. Oh, alive and well, man. Just uh, take an immigrant family approach to it. And um, it just takes a lot more work than most people think. It's, uh, it is just living proof. It's amazing. 5G, the promise of 5G in regards to what it can do for us as marketers. Just another gimmick, man. They're just trying to sell new phones. If, if, they, if they update all the hardware, it updates all this. I do think in some regards, possibly tied to that would be video is going to continue to get more and more impactful. Videos content is going to kind of continue to consume the world like us. This podcast, we're actually doing a video, right? So I think video will com- continue to be more prominent and 5G can potentially help that. But if you look at any of the tests, it's, it doesn't seem to be anything special yet. Marriage. Awesome. Uh, the most challenging, dynamic, interesting, push me up to my understanding of human nature and self in ways that is so beautiful. It is the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. And it is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. Miles Beckler, thank you for being on the Marketers with Attitudes podcast, my man. Dude, totally. Thank you for having me. It's been fantastic. I want to thank Miles Beckler for joining me on the podcast today. And I want to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or whichever place that you found this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you the best. Take care. (laughs) 